bitch. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. Bitch, the Chicago. Hey everyone, what is up? It is me, Ewan, and welcome to an extra special edition of the We Love Dad Movies podcast. They're all special editions, but really, this week is is a great one, because we're diving into um, the dad movie, the the film that always comes to mind when I think of my, my, my hallowed uh, Friday evening, Saturday evening viewing experiences with my dad when I was younger. And that is Hard Target. Uh, and last week it was also my birthday. And so I cut together a very interesting birthday plan, a scheme if you will, um, to take several of my friends hostage uh, and take them to the Tyneside Cinema and show them Hard Target on the big screen. Mm. And um, I just need you all to know now, it was the best thing ever, and Hard Target is the greatest movie of all time. And when we to talk about the greatest movie of all time is my partner, Xander Gordon. Hello. See, when you said extra special and then started talking about Hard Target, I was like, wow, he's really not leading with the fact he is one year older and grabbed people in a room, in a dark, dark, privately hired room to force <laughs> us all to watch Hard Target. And I say force, we all had an incredible time. And not just not just forced to watch the movie, I made a PowerPoint presentation as well. Please share pictures on the... On the on the, uh, the know, Twitter, it, well, it, his his presentation was just about why it's the best movie, and it's absolutely hilarious. You know, in Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker, when the Joker shows Batman the really bad home movie, and he's like, "If you don't like that, I've got slides. Mm. I had, you slides, had slides, folks, and it was um it was a great time." Um, Hard Target is a movie I hold near and dear um to my heart. It's an absolute banger of a film, one that I've always had, like I said before, a great deal of affection for. Um, and so it made the most sense to show this to people my birthday, because I'd already seen, like, my favourite movies are Big Trouble in Little China and Fair A Few Dollars More. I'd already seen Big Trouble in Little China on the big screen at the Tyneside last year, so I was like, well, I can't do that again. Um, and I can't show For A Few Dollars More to all my pals as well, because even though that movie is amazing, one of the greatest movies of all time, um, it's the, the, the Western vibes aren't for everyone. No, um, I, Hard Target can attest is very much a crowd pleaser as as we found no one no one in that screening had ever seen it and we were just collectively losing our minds everyone the wild stuff that happens in this movie yeah everyone had a brilliant time it was the most it was it was the best thing i could have hoped for um and yeah like seeing it on the big screen because it's like it's at the digital lounge at the time side so the screen itself isn't like a big, big cinema screen, but it's big. They have the whole lights go off. They have their own little private bar, complimentary little, it was like popcorn. Lounge, it's like lounge style yeah. uh, seats and stuff. So if you are in the northeast of England, to preface where the Tyneside Cinema actually is, well, yeah. um, it is an independent cinema that is in Newcastle upon Tyne in the northeast of England. Um, do consider hosting a little private function there because the staff were great. Um, everyone had a really lovely time. You get a free drink and popcorn. Hashtag not spawn. But uh, yeah, it was it was a really great time. Um, and the, I don't think outside of Big Trouble in Little China, you could have picked a better <laughs> <laughs> vibes movie to just experience. Because we had people who, um, you know, love action. We had people there who, uh, by their own admission, are not a movie person at all. Uh, we had people who like watch movies, but not necessarily action. And everyone had, were, were like 
<laughs> like some some of them were like, "This is the best movie I've ever seen." Yeah, this is the best movie I've ever seen. And like they, they were all... having such a great time. And then they all proceeded to stab me in the back with their letterbox with ratings. their three and a half letterbox star ratings. Whilst sat in the same in the same room, you're getting to turn around and going, "Excuse me." Excuse me, I've just seen your letterbox review. Three and a half, three and a half. Um, which I rated at three and a half, so I can't. Which yeah. is appalling because it is a five star movie. <laughs> uh, all versions of Hard Target are a five star movie. But yeah, um, for those who don't know and haven't been blessed by Hard Target in their lives before, which I doubt uh, many people listening to this, you know, won't have seen the film. Like it's, uh, it's pretty notorious among action circles and. Um, it's probably JCVD's second most well-known movie, I'm going to say, behind Bloodsport. Uh, I think it's the most iconic JCVD movie, though, because it gave birth to the the immaculate double denim fit, peak wet hair mullet JCVD. Um, and yeah, so Hard Target, uh, it came out in 1993, so this is yet another of our 30th anniversary retrospectives, diving back into the greatest year of dad movie cinema. And it's directed by John Woo, and it was his first American movie after having made a name for himself in Hong Kong, directing such works like The Killer and uh, Better Tomorrow and Bullet to the Head and Hard Boiled. Um, and so this was his his entrance in, into into the US. I know a lot of people, like, obviously Woo's American filmography is venerated. Like, people like Face Off. People like Broken Arrow. But I feel like the appreciation isn't as high as it should be for quite a lot of his American-made efforts. And I understand that a lot of them kind of... And Hard Target can count itself among these as, as a film that suffered studio interference. Um, like, he did some amazing films while he was in the US. And um, it's kind of weird. Like, I think, like, there are obviously there are loads of good ones that came after this, like Broken Arrow and Face Off and Wind Talkers, which is another one that I'm very excited to dive into at some point. Um, Hard Target for me is is the peak is the peak it's um it's absolutely wonderful i feel like it retains so much of what made woo's hong kong movie so great and in the and i'm going i've I've got harrison ford on the brain today folks so i'll have to apologize for this comparison in advance because it might seem a bit abrupt the same way i talk about witness and peter weir understanding how to use harrison ford and how to capture harrison ford and really play to his his strengths as an actor as like a you know like a a sex symbol and there's like a fiercely strong masculine presence. Um, Wu does the same for JCVD here. He fully leans into his strengths and it is, it's the perfect movie for him. He gets the physicality um, and it's really, it's just a great time. Uh, like it, it embodies all the Western homages and influences that, that Wu had in his Hong Kong films. Um, and just, yeah, it's great. I haven't even explained what the movie is. Um, <laughs> and the plot is absolutely wild, so, to be quite honest with you. I should really be going off the bullet points of my presentation, to be honest. Mm. So, um, the plot itself uh, is inspired by The Most Dangerous Game, which, for you Zodiac fans out there, I just whacked my sun, my, my, my glasses off my face. Well, that excited? <laughs> I whipped them off. Um, so, for those of you who uh, like Zodiac, you'll recall that The Most Dangerous Game was referenced by The Zodiac Killer. Um, and it's, uh, basically, JCVD plays a former U.S. Marine recon, uh, operator called Chance Brudeau. Um, Brudeau? 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 And they do actually make him European. Brudeau. In yeah, later yeah. Van Damme movies, they like to make him be like, my name is Jack Smith, when he'd had the thickest, like, the thickest, you know, 
<laughs> accent. Um, and so it's nice to have him actually, you know, they acknowledge that he has like a like a French well, background. It's Louisiana. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so like he's it from makes, the Bayou. Yeah, he's from the Bayou. So canonically, in this movie, it makes sense for him to have the accent. I'm just in in other Van Damme projects, they're like he is all American. <laughs> it's kind of like Schwarzenegger in that sense. Yeah, like, but, it's fine. Who cares? Yeah. He's got a great voice. Um, but yeah, he plays a former Marine um, who's fallen on difficult working time. He's a merchant seaman struggling to get work. Um, and basically, he's enlisted by a woman called Natasha Binder, played by Yancey Butler, uh, who comes to New Orleans. I'm referencing the... Uh, <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> the Simpsons episode, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, who comes to there, uh, basically because her father has been murdered in... Uh, well, disappeared. And it transpires that he's been murdered in a deadly game run by ultra-wealthy assholes who basically hunt former combat veterans who are now homeless. Uh, they sell their game all over the world to the highest bidder, um, and lo and behold, Chance just comes in for a payday. Chances. Chances. Oh, the opportunity. <laughs> what kind of name is Chance anyway? Oh, my mama took one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, so many great lines, man. Uh, and he basically stumbles into this game of, of, of hunt and uh, decides <laughs> to hunt the hunters. Yeah. And it is incredible. And oh boy, he sure is a hard target to hit. Yeah, that's he. They literally say that. Yeah, that is the name of the movie. Yeah, he's really hard to kill. Yeah, so not like the Steven Seagal movie. Yeah, so the only thing you needed to do to convince me to watch this movie was just Jean Claude Van Damme protects homeless people from being shot for sport. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, and it's directed by John Woo, and I was like, oh, okay, Th- this this surely will be a time. Yeah, it's um. And it's, it lives up to the premise, like he does the premise, absolutely, like, amazing justice. So it was written by uh, a guy called Chuck Ferrer. Whenever I say that in that intonation, I just think of Norm MacDonald, fellow by the name of Chuck Ferrer. Yeah. <laughs> Hard-looking duck. Hard-looking duck. <laughs> Former, he was a decorated veteran of the Navy SEALs. He was. Um, but yeah, so the the premise itself is great. And I think the, the one thing that, you know, we'll talk a lot in this podcast about how Hard Target is wild. It's great. It's everything you love about John Woo. Um, Even more kind of cranked up into the Western sensibilities that he has. But it's also a a very sensitive and cutting depiction of homelessness and, uh, you know, the, the, like, rich society's attitude towards, like, veterans and stuff. Like, there's, um... It's just, it's so, like, despite it being so outrageous, it's also so believable. Like, the idea of there being a game to hunt, you know, actual people, actual former veterans or whatever, it feels like it's almost like a metaphor just for the way that, like, people, like, they get chewed up by the military and spat back out and then completely ignored and then kind of reduced. Like, it, it, it completes them as a tool and not a human um, and there's a really good scene um, in this where one of Chance's friends, um, who has been roped into the game because he's desperate for money, um, he's out on the streets begging for help, including asking Ted Raimi, who has a cameo yes. here. So he's been he's been like chased down and shot at this. Point, yeah, by a bunch point, of times. Yeah. yeah, by this hopeless uh, 
rich guy who can't shoot for <laughs> Who's shit. Who's like, I don't want to kill him in Lance Henriksen. Which, by the way, Lance, oh, Henriksen, Lance Henriksen is the villain and his right-hand man is, is Arnold Vosloo. The mummy from the mummy. Yeah, um, yeah. And they're like, no, you've got to finish it. You paid for the six weeks. He's like, no, I don't. Oh, I've maimed him. It's not the same. Regardless, yes, he goes into like the New Orleans streets and mm-hmm. they just think he's like this mad homeless guy like begging for money. Yeah. Um, and he just stands. Gets shot in public. St- yeah, he stands there, sees that no one's helping him and like sees them drive down. He just stands there and yeah, just gets riddled with a bullet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very sad. <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, it's a really like it, I, I really like it, and I, I if you ever want a, a good eat the rich action movie, oh yeah, this movie not only like eats the rich, it digests mm-hmm. them, uh, and then spits them back out in a haze of buckshot and like nine millimeter. Like it's so. It's so good, and I know that the US version had a lot of cuts. Like, I feel like the US one's like ninety odd minutes long. The one we have in the UK is like over a hundred minutes, and still has quite a lot of like the uh, the violence in there. And there are some great like bloody kills in this that mm-hmm. really live up to the hype. Um, but yeah, like one thing that I just love about that, like the the, the sensitive aspects of the plot are great, um, but it is also <laughs> it is kind of like it's got that good that good dad movie schlock to it. The idea, oh, the most dangerous game. We're going to hunt man. And then JCVD is the the one predator they can't catch. And he just turns it, turns it against them. Which is ironic, given that JCVD was the original predator before he was replaced. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing, the thing is with, with John Woo as a filmmaker, um, hard target is very, um, it very much exemplifies Woo as an, as an author, um, you know, you got the dove, you got the you got the religious imagery, um, you got the really high octane, over the top action and slow mo bullet uh, ballet. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He loves a good like three second long slow mo. He shot loves for his, no reason. his dual um, meter nine millimeter. Oh, not for no reason. The no, slow motion but, 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 is but, all but, artfully but, done. But, 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 and but. he loves he loves his shotguns. Look, he's a not. But one of his other main. Uh, main auteur or tourism in terms of his his stories is, is male friendship and male and and, ma- and the male bonds between people and that uh, it often um it's been commented on that it does border on the homoerotic but that's because the way you know asian male relationships are depicted is very different to to the west and so in a lot of his his movies and especially and you know coming to broken his, arrow yeah broken <laughs> arrow is very homoerotic um and um you know even the relationship between lance henriksen and arnold Vosloo Vosloo is uh, who, le- who plays le- again leans into another that. another reason why i love this movie it's got an obvious lee van cleef homage in there yes. like Vosloo's character is called pick van cleef and yeah. he wears all black <laughs> he's so, honestly he's so charismatic in this movie it's a better as the heavy it's a better performance than in the mummy series unfortunately i'm sorry <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, guys. But um, yeah, he's 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 great in this. But um, but, but anyway, yeah. So a lot of Wu's work focuses on male relationships um, and the friendships that, that we make, and you see you see that in Hard Target with um with the villain's relationship, but also um the relationship between Van Damme and um, his uncle, his uncle Wilfred Brimley, which I'm sure we'll get on. Yeah, to. Wilfred Brimley plays a moonshine making, long john wearing, dungaree having, bow and arrow firing, and I couldn't understand the a, bayou. I couldn't understand a word he was saying. <laughs> through that accent <laughs> what was honestly on, I, I didn't expect for him to be the one that I didn't understand over Van Damme but it was absolutely wild no there's a really like he 
Brimley works, and we'll get into him more. Brimley works in this movie a lot um, <laughs> for me because he's just—he's just—it's so—it's such an oddball casting and performance. Um, there's only one weird scene with him where after like Nancy kills uh, one of the the hired goons, and then he's like, "Look what you do! I kill all this bad guy. <laughs> Give me that gun! <laughs> Give me that gun!" It's, it's kind of it's kind of a one, random thing. Just let let Nancy cook. Is it? Let is Nancy is cook. it Natasha? Oh no! Oh yeah, Natasha. Natasha. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um. So. I'm and, thinking of the actress's name, which is uh, Yancy. Oh right. Um. But yeah. So you definitely see that in in Hard Target. Um. Because you know we there is a budding esque romance between Chance. Natasha and and Chance, but um, it's one of the it's one of those action movies where a relationship kind of like commando really that a relationship does not fully blossom fully blossom over over the course of it weirdly i feel like a lot of movies we've watched recently um action movies not necessarily ones we've done just for the pod but Mm. we watched in general end with just the big fight and it just kind of ends there's no Mm. repercussions or anything and i feel like that's quite a 90s slash 80s movie thing to do whereas Mm. now after a big fight scene, you always have to have, have like closure. a little conclusion, yeah. character moment. But this is and, and you don't and you don't hear. There, um, are, there are no loose ends. All the bad guys get smoked. Um, but how are they going to report all of it? They don't need to. They're all dead. Whoa! They were all off the books anyway, <laughs> weren't the books. they? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's so it's so it's wild. Um, but yeah, I feel like for for Wu, that's because the relationship between the male characters is so much more important. And that with you know with uh, Chance and the other veteran friend that, that yes. he has, and like he has a really good relationship with a bunch of people who work at like the the homeless shelters and the um the soup kitchens and stuff. So that for him is is the most important. And yes, in his in his later um, Western works like Face Off and like Broken Arrow, you lean more into the homoeroticism of it of it all and i say that i say this lovingly you know as a as a queer person and as someone who studied woo in my film studies course at university but the same like in, and you see that a lot in his in his um you know hong kong movies as, as well so like the killer which i've seen and then we watched hardball the day before which, which was, you'd never seen i'd never seen and is fantastic chow young fat and tony young are so good together they have such good chemistry but again that's an example of woo is very good at directing male relationships and male friendships um and i think that's also a very quintessential part of hard target as you say like it's so over the top and so wild some of the weird shot choices they have where it transitions from him beating up these thugs to showing just an american flag oh and i like, love it no, the, and like other slow the, slow mo stuff we talk about the western the way that the Wu announces himself to American audiences in this is fucking brilliant. So before we, there are two things I want to bring up. So Sam Raimi also was a producer on this movie, hence the Ted Raimi cameo. He was brought in in case Wu, because you know what studios are like. They were like, oh, John Wu, can we trust him to helm this action movie with yeah. Jean Claude Van Damme? You know who we need to settle him down, Sam Raimi. <laughs> and honestly, the opening shots of this film could be Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Like you have the POV camera oh, shot zooming through of the, the arrogance. Yeah. Yeah, 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 very um, Raimi. And there are lots of different... And obviously, you know, Raimi has his influences there, and Raimi was a big fan of Wu. But what I love about this, and I feel like the opening the opening of this film is fucking great, where you have the different shots of the arrows flying through the air and hunting this guy down. Um, the thing that I think... I think when this movie clicked for everyone in, in the screening was um, you have, obviously, the first fight scene, which is fantastic where it's chance beating up the uh these guys trying trying to to mug natasha and you've got all the roundhouse kicks and stuff and (laughs) they have this great moment where 
it's framed like a Sergio Leone duel, and JCVD looks fucking brilliant. He's got his like his his jet long black ass. coat yeah, on. Yeah, He's coat. got his like black shirt tucked in with the belt, and he pulls his coat back to reveal his jeans. Oh my god! To yeah, reveal I fully forgot his, about that his, shot. His powerful thighs. And I hips. fully forgot about that and shot. Like, yeah, that was so funny. So yeah. good. And then he just roundhouse kicks him on again, like. Like I said at the beginning, it's um. He does a lot of roundhouse kicking in this movie. Well, that's the thing is like there are so many like I've watched a lot of JCVD movies and there's a lot that I enjoy. He's genuinely one of my favorite action stars. Um, but I feel like only a few films from the nineties really, really leaned into his strengths and hard target for me. Like it fully considering that Wu originally wanted Kurt Russell to Mm -hmm. play the lead. Um. I would not want to see Kurt Russell's hard target. And I'm a huge Kurt Russell fan. I think this film is is Van Damme's and it's he, he's he's perfect in it. Like he's just he embodies the stoicism, the coolness, uh and, and the sincerity. Like there's a lot of great warmth between him uh and and <laughs> and his uncle. Um and that whole backstory element of him as a former Marine is that great bit where the dove flies in to the, to his uh his 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 abode and it lands on his on his dog tags which is his <laughs> spiritual calling to go help her out but yeah the other bit at the beginning uh after he's turned uh natasha away and he's at the 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 merchant kind of uh recruitment area waiting to get on a job and he can't because he's not paid his union dues god damn it chance um he looks at her, and as she's trying to drive away and she's getting held up, he just materializes out of thin air like a ghost oh my God, yeah. right oh. in front of her. And the score has got the bayou twang going oh, on. Oh, like uh, a truck moves with some like oil cans yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it pulls away to reveal him walking towards her with the with the coat flowing in the wind. Oh. And we all just lost it in the screening. Like, yeah. it was, it's so over the top. It's, like, it, it's very, it's, you know, if no one had told me I, like about this movie and I'd watched it without knowing the director I probably would have been able to guess it was a Hong Kong gr- director mm. and then seeing a dove would clue me into mm. oh it is definitely it is definitely like John Woo even though it has some some interference from the studio it's very much still his movie yeah totally uh, and I appreciate it for that yeah it's um it's I feel like watching Hardball the night before was great because it really does remind you how much of his spirit is in this film uh, and the action sequences, particularly once he starts equipping Van Damme with guns, um, and it starts integrating his uh, kickboxing into the into the choreography, it's so fucking good. And the style itself is is ridiculous. Um, we should probably talk a little bit about the villain because we talked about Voslu as, mm. as Pick Van Cleef, and he is he's who, so fun. Like, you know, I love him. I in this. wish we got more. Maybe I just haven't seen enough Arnold Voslu movies where he plays a villain because I feel like he needs to be in more. Like he's he's such he's, a good presence so, here. He, he's, he does he's the so, cheese so yeah, well. He's really charismatic. Like he's he's he's, he's so up fun. there with like the likes of Bennett from Commando for mm. me. Like in terms oh, yeah, of yeah, over yeah, the yeah. top, like. 90s 80s you know like sidekick villains but lance henriksen is great in this as well he fully leans into this just schlocky <laughs> professional suit the bit where he's going ham on the piano on that piano, piano. Sti- <laughs> he's going ham on the piano as like one of his clients is coming to, to meet him and he's just staring at himself in a mirror whilst he's playing yeah it's and like the camera's like panning around him it's so what this movie's wild and they also give him one of the most badass guns ever like the single shot um pistol with the like the which 
is so cool because it's so impractical. It's just there having to reload after every shot. But you get so many cool moments with that thing. And um, in the final confrontation, when he gets set on fire and he starts snarling like a like, beast ah, ah. In, in, into the moor. It's and so he's wild. Like, oh, I'm going to kill yeah, him. Yeah, it's so wild. Oh, get in there. And he's like throwing his like men in there and stuff. Mate, and I've been physically assaulted on this pod right know, now as, as he's I'm been demonstrating. Just, I'm just channeling my own Lance Henriksen in this film. And he's fucking great in it. Like, um, it's with, like, I feel like, I probably, I, I mean, I, I'm just thinking of Lance Henriksen movies I've seen off the top of the head. I've got Hard Target, Aliens, and Scream 3. I'm sure there are a few of those <laughs> that I've caught, but he's so great in this, and it's like, he um, he does the job with the plum, I would say. Yeah. Going back to what you previously said, I feel like I would prefer Kurt Russell in this kind of role, because I think he can have a bit more gravitas to it. Personally, I think Van Damme is fine. I think he very much carries... Um, the movie with like his action and stuff. My issue that I would have with some of the choreography, and you heard, I laughed many a time out loud about it in the in the screening, is that he'll absolutely riddle a guy with bullets, just just like twenty like rounds. I see no issue. And then he'll kick them to the. Yeah. He'll do a little roundhouse yeah. kick, and I'm like, and <laughs> my favorite death in the movie in the movie, I think off the top of my head, is is Arnold Bosley is at the, near the end of the movie. And I, I out loud, I just multiple times I was saying, I think, I think he got him, I, I think he got him, and they just like keep shooting, shooting them, and then just roundhouse kick yeah, them to and... the ground. But they were all, they're stabbed, they're already dead. You're, 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 you're talking about practicality here, when the objectively cool thing is to I know watch JCVD visual. spin kick a dude into the afterlife. Yeah. As, a, as a Mortal Kombat fan, it was actually quite <laughs> fun to finally see a JCVD movie that had him doing kickboxing, because I'm like, oh, yeah, this makes sense why Johnny Cage is exactly <laughs> like like him, because Johnny Cage's whole thing, he does a lot of roundhouse kicks, so I, that, that, that makes a lot when, more sense to me now. Watching a Wu movie, you just need to you need to embrace the excess and enjoy it all. Like everything is done with an artful, not practical decision in mind, is what I would say. And I and I feel like that was definitely the case like, for Hard Boy. <laughs> like like with Russell, like again, I think he's a great action star. I would you just get him blowing dudes away with this? I don't think you'd get the physicality that Van Damme yeah. brings mm-hmm. as an athlete. True. Um, and I think his presence here is just brilliant. Like I really do rate it so highly. I, I like the movie for me it hinges partially on it being built around him after. Like, I I totally could see Russell's hard target being a fun time. Yeah. Uh, And I would love to see Kurt Russell work with John Woo. Um, But for me, like, this is is Van Damme's movie, and Eddie fucking, he owns it. Um, So, oh, that's the other thing as well. There's another cast member here who I had to do the whole, oh, yes, we've seen her in, in, um, in other things before. Um, and that's the detective. Um, oh, what's her name? She's done, uh, it's Casey Lemons. Um, she's in Silence of the Lambs. Um, and she's also in, oh, crikey, what is it? Oh, uh, Candyman. So yeah, that was the other, that's the other, oh, hello. Um, but yeah, when, when they finally start giving, when they, when Wu gives, uh, JCVD guns, this is when the movie goes into overdrive. You have that great opening shootout sequence where, You've got the big porn smut seller. We oh, forgot yeah. the, the the massage interrogation oh, as well. Oh my god, she... Oh. <laughs> You've got just the wettest blanket of a man who's yeah. hiring homeless people to give out, like, porno flyers. Mm-hmm. And he's also the one who's, like, setting up the veterans with, um... 
the contracts. The contracts, um, because he's asking them, he's basically asking them, like, do you have oh, any do you friends have any family? Friend family? Yeah. And the, the Natasha's dad told him no, because he was estranged from them. And mm. so when he goes missing, she, you know, they don't expect his daughter to come rocking up to try and, to try and find out what's happened to him. Um, but he is just like, why? I don't know. Oh, do I'm sorry, I'm Mr. So, Mr. Harrison. I won't mess up this time. I promise they cut his ear off. And then Alan Boss is like, I know you wouldn't want to hurt my feelings. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then so he gets interrogated by both them and then he gets worked over by Chance in the, yeah, in the, in the massage a, parlor. a sexy massage um, and he chokes him out with his head in, but the, that, uh, that, in, the massage, in the massage table. That first shootout that they have where they go to execute Porn Smut Man. I know he has a different name, but he's just porn smut man to me. And they're in the street, um, and uh, Chance gets the nine millimeter off off of Case Lemons's character, and then gets on the dirt bike and like his roundhouse kicking motorcyclist. They gets on the bike with uh, with Natasha, starts chasing them down, drives through fire, drives through fire, and then they get to the freeway, and he's like, "Get off the bike." And then he, like, sees the bike is leaking fuel. So what does he do? He drives the bike straight at them. Stands on the bike. Starts surfing the bike. Yep. Crashes it into them. Then rolls shoots, over it. Rolls over the car. To shoot Shoots it. at the car. And then and it, goes... It explodes. And then he goes, yes! Yeah. <laughs> wild. I Absolutely wild. I love this movie so much oh my god this is one of the most affirming experiences i've ever had in my life getting to watch this (laughs) on the big screen and just being like i i'm so glad that this film kicks as much ass as i remember it does uh and it's even better on the big screen like i I chose it because i didn't think that we'd ever i'd ever get to see it in a cinema Mm -hmm. um so yeah and and the lack the action lands even harder there um so after the uh, the incredible um, <laughs> after this incredible highway chase, um, they go. To, that's when we go straight into the bayou, isn't it? They start chucking him down, yes. and then Lance Henriksen recruits the the uh, the howling commandos of mercenaries to track him down, including such notable members as flashy shirt guy, mm-hmm. rich Texan, and some other dudes. Yeah, and I love I love this cast of cannon fodder that they have because they're so. They, they've all they are all cartoons and they're all brilliant yeah sure thing boss yeah um tragically i'm i'm very happy that i saw the scene in advance when you were convincing me to watch this movie oh we did but both after, we both after the motorbike scene i was like okay i've seen clips of this i'm gonna run to the bathroom and come back because there was a lot of free prosecco at this screen <laughs> and i i came back and i missed what is surely the funniest scene in this movie where jean-claude van damme punches a snake in the face yeah. i'm so upset i missed that reaction on the, sc- on the yeah, screen yeah. i know everyone would have been howling yeah i came back in and sat down and i realized that i got there just in time to see lance Hemrickson blow the snake's head off and i was like oh you mean i missed it um and everyone was like yeah but yeah so after they get into the bayou they're having a little quiet moment you know and um chance leans into natasha and he's like do you trust me? And she's like, what do you mean? Do I trust you? Of course I trust you. He's like, close your eyes. She closes (laughs) her eyes and she's expecting a nice little smooch, which to be honest, in her position as well, with the the muscles from Brussels, with the wet hair mullet look, I'd be going, you know what? I'm I'm ready for this too. Um, And then lo and behold, he looks to the side and there's just a snarling little rattlesnake (laughs) behind her. So he grabs the snake by the throat, pulls it back and there's the most amazing shot of Yancey Butler looking at this snake that he's just pulled and with the most shocked face ever. And he's 
pats it on the head once and it's still going. So he just... Punches it in the face. Knocks out and it comically goes... Oh my... Oh, I'm, I'm... And then he bites the rattlesnake's tail off and leaves it as a trap. Yeah, I am... Sydney Ma! I'm devastated I couldn't see that in the screening. But thankfully I had seen that yeah. scene before. Yeah, I had so. shown you that out of context yeah. at another time. Uh, but it's a beautiful moment. Um, <laughs> we then meet up with Wilfred Brimley. Uh, you bad me to buy you, you bad, bad, bad. The great thing about Brimley's introductory sequence as Uncle Clarence Duvie, um <laughs> is they've got like this comedic Bayou music playing as he's stumbling around his Make it, swamp making, hole making, making moonshine. moonshine. <laughs> uh, it's ha- like we're back in Red Dead Redemption, and they're having their like little whistle kind of acknowledgement to get each other's attention, and they, they meet up, and you know the smiles are flowing. And then they're all kind of like, you know, Doovie's like, well, I'm, uh, I, 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 I know you're in a bit of a bind right now, so I'm just going to help you out. He's in Long John's, but that's important to know. To <laughs> He's make in him Red ex- Long To make him John's extra, extra bind. And oh, it's also annoying because, like, um, there's a great line where I think Chance is like, do you still have the 9mm or something I got you for, for your birthday or whatever? And he's like, Gatorade it. But I still have your shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we get that great moment where he unveils the shotgun and he's blowing the dust off it. Mm-hmm. And look, I'm just saying there are no cooler guns in movie history than that, like, 870 pump and then the 9mm Berettas. Oh, there is a scene where he pumps it one-handed. <sighs> that was pretty hot, not oh, gonna lie. Oh my god. It's that and it's also the bit where he's firing the 9mm upside down and oh my God, yeah, the he trigger like, with his yeah, pinky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like oh grabs it from God. like someone's belt and then is it able oh. to shoot it upside down. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, so throughout all this, you know, they're basically getting ready. Chance is like, I'm going to lead them to my... What turns into an abandoned, like, carnival, Mardi Gras, like, like, factory warehouse thing. With, like, the floats and stuff from previous Mardi Gras parades. Um, Meanwhile, um, Duvie lays a trap for the guys at his his swamp shack. He, like, (laughs) he ignites the moonshine stockpile explodes a bunch of them and we get more of Lance Henriksen having a proper fume. (laughs) Having a proper fume with his men. And, um, you know, Pick Van Cleef's like, boss, are you sure about this? Are you sure you want to go? This is his turf now. We just go away. We can be on the next plane out of here. And Lance Emerson's like, like, I want to hunt now. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so they chase him into the bayou with helicopters and shit. There's a great shot of Wilford Brimley riding a horse away from an explosion. Away from the exploding moonshine. I was was dying. It was so funny. It's absolutely (laughs) beautiful. Um, and this takes us into the final act confrontation. It's a long final, I want to say the final fight's like a good, like, 15, 20 it's, minutes. There's a reason why. Yeah. <laughs> because it's beautiful. It's, um, so we go into this, and it basically turns into a haunted, a haunted house of horrors, <laughs> uh, for the, for Chance's pursuers. So they come in and there's like, they're presented with like ghoulish clown masks and yeah. floats, um, We've got that great bit where he's perched atop this, like, pelican. Pelican's a pelican. And he's got the, the pigeon on his shoulder, and oh, he, like, yeah. winks at the pigeon. Oh, yeah, because they come in and they shoot a load of pigeons above yes. them. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, hey, pigeon, and mm. then, like, shoots a guy. But, yeah, he's, like, on a pelican, releases the chain, and, like, is slowly descending on this giant pelican <sighs> float. Firing shotgun them. at it's them. It's wild. Um, it just, it's so fucking good. So he's exchanging shots with them. And then we get down into the like the, the the ground level, and he starts confronting the motorcyclist. And there's a great bit where he um, like 
takes one down with a with a nice roundhouse kick, pins him to the uh, the wall that he's he's at, and then in the reflection of the motorcyclist's visor, <laughs> sees another guy coming behind him, and that's when he takes the pistol out and does the. The, the, the upside down the the nine millimeter fan yeah there's also there's a, a section that's um i'd say very similar but more kind of homage to one of the end scenes in the big fight in the hospital in hard boiled mm. where him and arnold vosloo are just shooting back and through forth each other through the glass yes which replicates um one of the scenes in, in the final fight in the hospital yeah hard boiled and, and like yeah, realizing realizing now that similarly the ending of Hard Boiled, like the final fight, is also like a very extended sequence, and it's very much that that here. John Woo loves a good set piece, uh, yeah, very similar to the Church and Face Off here. And there's um lots of good reloading in this scene. Yes. Uh, lots of really good. Uh, there's there's great bits where he's basically because Chance has to pick up ammunition from everyone. Um, and he just, um, he doesn't, like, double tap these guys. He unfurls entire clips into people, and it's absolutely wonderful. And then Roundhouse kicks them just to make sure. Yeah, and that's when... Just to make sure. So Duve and, um, Yancey Butler's character, Natasha, show up. And, uh, there's that great bit where he gets his first bow and arrow kill, and he's tracking the guy, and he gets him through... The mm-hmm. wall, and you know, it's it's that great ironic punishment. You know, these guys were hunting the folks with like crossbows before, and now um, Duvi, uh, a man, a man of the soil, a yeah. man of a man of the bayou, Natasha, a man of the swamp. Natasha kills someone. They're like, they, oh, I forget what they say, but they're like, oh, you, you bitch, you bitch, and she just fucking <laughs> blasts him, <laughs> and then and then and then and then fucking uh, the Duvi is like. Look what you do! <laughs> I killed these bad guy. It's like no, let her cook. But whatever. She um she throws uh chance her pistol that she picked up, um and that's when we get all our cool dual wielding rat tat 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 roundhouse kick rat tat tat roundhouse kick. I love it. I love it. I love My it. My man like slides under a table. Shooting Arnold Vosloo. Oh, we missed the cool reload bit. Oh yeah, he Arnold Vosloo collapses and. He props him up with one leg well, in the air on the ground as Arnold Vosloo's going. <laughs> he's having a bit of a nightmare, and, yeah. and he's about to drop a grenade, and he just casually catches it, it whilst he's propping him up with one foot. I'm demonstrating yeah, right now. They but are. He's he's just lying down, just propping him up very sexily. Yes, it's a it's a great time. It's a great moment. My fa- of it's my favorite. Releasing death. tension, but before that, they have that little kind of bit where they reload and they're on the other side of the wall with each other, which is a shot that you know Wu has replicated in in, in other, a lot of in, in a lot, lot of his movies. movies. It did, fa- there's a I'm fairly certain Broken Arrow has many yes. similar shots like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's great because they're there like Podro. I've been looking for you, and he's like, maybe you've been looking in all the wrong places. And he's like, good. I wouldn't want you to hurt my feelings. <laughs> I just love that. I love their little back and forth because they barely meet each other. And I like, I always have sympathy for the movie villain who isn't in it for pleasure. He's just there and he's like, my asshole boss wants me to kill you. This is so dumb, but I'm going to have fun while I'm here, you know. I might yeah. as well have some fun. He's good at what he does, you know. Yeah, yeah. What he does isn't very nice. Exactly. Yeah. So the, the, the fucking uh, Boudreau absolutely wastes uh, Van Cleef, like you described eloquently there, <laughs> uh, kicks him away. And there are a few of the henchmen he needs to smoke uh, and he like ends up taking off his like denim jacket 
Uh, so he was just down to his uh, to the audible gas of the audience. Yeah, just and he's, when he, he's flexing the muscles yeah, while he's yeah, like yeah. grabbing the shotgun and stuff. Yeah, um, and then that's when uh, oh, we, we missed the part where Lance Henriksen gets set on fire and is snarling like yeah, a beast. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's just, that. Just great. But eventually, it is just Lance Henriksen left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all Chance has got is his shotgun, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, and and the grenade that he was given, yeah. and um, he oh Duvi has also been wo- wounded. He's been wounded, yeah. He's been shot. Um, yeah. and he grabs uh, Natasha. Uh, Natasha hostage. I forget, I forget the exact sequence of events that happens here now. Yeah, he he dropped Lance Henriksen's like drop the gun, so he puts the gun down, not knowing that he has a grenade still. Yes. Um, and he he doesn't throw it at him, but there's a bit where. There's a burn. Rem- there's like a boiling rem- bit of metal, and he just grabs it barehanded. Oh, when he's wha- when he's whacking with the w- w- the plywood. Yes, yes. so <laughs> grabs like a bit of burning plywood and tries to smack him with it, and yeah. it's like on fire, and like he just casually just holds it, holds it, on, like yeah. stares him down. There's a great bit where because he asks uh, he asks Natasha to load him. He's like, load oh my me. god, yeah, oh, it's gross. <laughs> she's and there. she's there, like shaking. Yeah, yeah. and then he uh, just charges in slow motion at him, and that's when we get the the great little kind of melee duel, and then uh, stuffing the grenade down Puts his pants. Puts the grenade down his pants, and then he's trying to get rid of it. And then, um, as I learned today from from a letterbox review, Sam wrote me suggestion to have. Uh, Henriksen go whoops uh, whoops before he just goes kablooey yeah um, and then they all live happily ever after yeah it turns out Wilford Brimley he got shot in his little uh, whiskey bourbon and also, or, and also got satchel. stabbed as well didn't he he got yeah. stabbed with his own yeah, arrow yeah he was, he was fine yeah. he just went through his little his little alcohol flask so he's all yeah. good I will never recover from this or whatever <laughs> he says oh I got hit real bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's what he sounds I kind like I wanted to show movie. you the, I, I think we should watch the thing and then this back to back just to contrast Wilford Brimley yeah, him him just being locked in that shack with like a noose behind him, going, "You gotta let me out, guys. I'm absolutely fine." The reality, that that was him talking to himself, going mad before the thing got to him in the shack. Oh, and that is hard target. Yeah, I'm glad you had such a nice time, honey. And, and you had such a nice. I had time. a great time as well. But you loved this movie like so much, and you had such a great time showing it to people. The presentation was fantastic. You should maybe share the whole slides. Maybe if people, the, the entire if people... presentation online um but it, it was a really great viewing experience and i think i enjoyed it more because i was watching it with other people but even if i'd seen it alone i think i still would have enjoyed it um probably for the wrong reasons because i found a lot of this movie like incredibly funny like it, it's so it's so john woo and it's so over the top that i was just having a blast with how wild so, a lot of a lot of it was like um, it's a very great crowd pleaser and i had a really fun time watching it um, I don't think it's five stars. I'm it very sorry. I'm I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> um, but I had a really great time watching it, and I would recommend it for a fun popcorn flick time. Which I know you hate that term, I but I mean it, I mean it in the most affectionate. I know way you do. we did have a lot of popcorn while watching yes. it. Yes, um, like I do. Like it, it is a wild movie, and it is a funny movie. Um, but it's also like the action is genuinely well done. I like the, the stunt performances uh, and and the actual special effects. The squibs are flying, the glasses flailing, you know, it's just great. It's great to watch JCVD at the peak of his powers here and to see him uh, marshaled in the hands of one of the most legendary action filmmakers of all time. Um, and it's truly great. And I do think that Hard Target deserves 
you know, it deserves better a better reputation. As I know people today do look at it as being one of JCVD's finest movies, but I genuinely do think it's one of the greatest action movies of all time uh, and should be, you know, it, it should be up there. I genuinely really fucking love this movie. And that might be, you know, obviously Wu's Hong Kong movies have a better reputation, justifiably. You know, I'm not saying this is quite on the level of hard-boiled, although I do think both are pretty much perfect. Um, I just think this is... It's genuinely amazing. Like, I, I love this movie to pieces. And part of that, you know, is that sentimental element of, you know, like, this was, this was the, this was the dad movie, you know? Like, this is, this was the one that he, that my dad was like, I remember him catching it on TV and being like, you have you ever seen Hard Target? I was like, <laughs> no. And he was like, oh, oh. And I remember him going into the kitchen with, like, the most devilish, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> grin on his face, switching the lights off and bringing back in some snacks or whatever, um, and proceeding just to have the best time watching it. Um, JCVD was one of my dad's favourites, like, one of his go-tos. I think eventually we'll do Sudden Impact as well, which I just think is, is Sudden Death or Sudden Impact, the, uh, the hockey one. Uh, Sudden Death, which is the one that's basically J- JCVD doing Die Hard in a hockey stadium. Mm. Uh, it's a great time. Um, but yeah, Hard Target, Love this movie. Genuinely, legitimately one of my favourite films of all time. Uh, And if you guys are ever considering the idea of doing a private screening to, like, show with your pals or whatever, uh, and everyone wants to do it, then you should absolutely do it. If you're in the northeast as well, um, definitely do go visit the Tyneside Cinema. I mentioned it in our previous uh, episode that there is a bit of a funding issue going on there currently. Um, also, you know, rising costs and rent and everything in between. So, uh, if you can and you're in the area, go visit. If not, please do consider donating. Because uh, I love this space. I'm genuinely, whenever I'm in, well, I, I live in pretty much just outside Newcastle city centre. Whenever I'm in the city centre, I am going into the Tyneside, either mm-hmm. to chill at the bar, cafe, or or to go watch something. And it is a vital, vital part of the northeast cultural scene. And it truly made this one of the the best birthdays I've ever had. <laughs> and uh, if I can bestow the gift of hard target onto more people through this podcast, <laughs> then that'll be all the better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this has been the We Love Dad Movies podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Before we go, I want to give a quick shout out to my patrons. Thank you, Christopher Darby, George Jackson, Thomas Mulgrew, Shaka, and Josh Brown. Remember, if you want to go and support the podcast, you can do so by going to Patreon. We are there at Wheel of Dad Movies. Um, you can follow, follow me on Twitter if you want to, at Ewan Ruins Things. I'm also on Letterboxd at Ewan Patterson. I'm on Instagram too. Uh, and Zan, well, you're in the bayou, aren't you? I'm down here in New Orleans. Not much of a party city. <laughs> Not much of a... Huh? <laughs> it, it, it always comes back to the Simpsons. I love that. I, I, the only thing that could have improved Chief Hard Target, pa- private not just that, but the only thing that could have made Hard Target okay, yeah. a a a five star movie is if they had a corked gator. Oh, this is a warning gator. <laughs> this one's corked. Yeah, on it. The Simpsons spin-off Spectacular is a great episode. You know, need to watch it. It has the Seymour Look, Skinner Big and Daddy. Chief it's regular Wig- Daddy. And Chief Wiggum uh, spin-off New Orleans thing in it. I, I forget the exact title of the episode. Look it up. Chief Wiggum P.I. Yeah, Chief Wiggum P.I. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah it, I'm very glad you had such a great time. And thank you again to all the Patreons. You and family was able to cash cash out. So, yeah, I did the tax uh, Your money thing. does go places it now. Does. We, fi- we finally have, have, your, have your money. Um, yeah. Um... So yeah, the the next things we've got coming up, 
next week it's gonna be Broken Arrow with Mr. Dan Grima. And then after that, it's gonna be Face Off. And then after that, it's gonna be Wind Talkers. And then after that, I don't know what. We got lots of cool stuff planned. Townside on the topic of the Townside, they've just announced a Ford Focus month. <laughs> Um, of Harrison Ford goodness. And they've got a screening of Witness in 35mm, which I'm going to be all over that, and mm-hmm. also The Fugitive. Um, You're going to be a massive slut that month. For the, I am. Yeah. Slut for the time side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. On that note, thank you all for listening, uh, and we will see you next time. Au revoir. Bye-bye. <laughs> Couldn't think of a French way to end it. Look what you do. <laughs> <laughs>